Recorded live. Yeah, 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 yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yeah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes to your will. Yes to your will. Yes to your will. Yes. Yes, to your will. I say yes to your will. Yes, to your way. 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 I love you, Lord. 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 You made a way. You made a way. You made a way. All to thee. 
you save my soul. 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 You saved my soul. You brought me out. You brought me out. You brought me out. You brought me out. You brought me out, you brought me out, you've been so good, you've been so good, you've been so good, you've been so good. You've been so good. You've been so good. That's why I say yes. That's why I say yes. That's why I say yes. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Amen. Amen. The believer ought to say yes. Yes to God's will. Yes to God's way. But Jesus said, I am the way. I'm the truth, and I am the life. No man can come unto the Father except he come by me. Amen. My soul say yes. Amen. Even when my flesh wants to say something different, my soul still say yes. Amen. Even when I'm hurting, my soul still say yes. Amen. It reminds me concerning Peter when Jesus told Peter, Peter, your flesh is weak but your soul is willing. Amen. And so my soul today, it says yes. Amen. Paul said we need to learn how to bring our bodies under the will of God. Amen. We need to learn these things. Learn how to bring our bodies under the will of God. We need to submit, bring it under subjection to the will of God. Amen. That can only happen when we feed the inner man. When the inner man is fed, amen, the outer man, amen, it dies, it gets weaker. Paul said, as the outer man perish, the inner man is renewed day by day. Amen. We can't just do it on Sunday. It's a day by day thing. 
Amen. So we thank God for this day that he had brought us through. Amen. Thank God for the day. And I shall thank that. When you pray tonight, when you pray tomorrow, pray for that family out in Houston who lost their children on today in the tragic bus accident. Where a car hit the bus, and the bus came over the side of the railing from off of the overpass. One child was instantly killed. Another child died at the hospital. What a tragic loss. What a tragic. And we need to pray one for another. What happened to that family today? It could have been your family. It could have been my family. But God had mercy enough to spare our family. So therefore, we need to pray for that family, for those two families, and other families that praying for their child, their children, and and their, and their husband that's in the hospital trying to recover. Things like that when it happens, and let you know how much we need God, how much we need to stay in the faith. How much we need to hold on to God and help us to understand the scripture when Paul says, fight out your soul salvation. What a trembling and a fear. You never know what tomorrow, what the day going to bring. Matter of fact, let's know tomorrow. There's no way that those parents would have sent their children on that bus if they knew that that tragedy was going to happen today. If the children would have known, they would have never got up and got on that bus. That's why we need God. We need the word of God. While the church is playing, while the church is on vacation, the devil is at work. The Bible says he comes not but the what? Steal, kill, and to destroy. Jesus said, I come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. But we're losing out on the on the abundant life that God has for us because the church is on vacation and the devil is at work. Jesus said, I must work the work of him that sent me while it is day. When the night cometh, no man can work. Instead of us working it out, we're on vacation. When we go on vacation, the devil is at work. When you're at sleep, the devil is at work. When you're at work, the devil is at work. When you're playing around, the devil still is at work. And you never know when he's trying to target your house, your family, your children, your marriage. I'm going to say, it's time to get back to business. Matter of fact, I preached a message on Sunday. It's time to go back to the Bible. When Nehemiah had built the walls of Jerusalem, when Jerusalem was torn down, and all the cities and the, and the temple was torn down, God used Nehemiah to build the walls in the city and all that back up. But the walls in the city was nothing without the church, without the word of God. And through all of that rubble, it finds the scroll, it finds the word of God. And Ezra stood in the, in the, in the, 
in, in the marketplace, in the streets, and got up on the pulpit and began to read the word of God to the children of Israel. And the Bible said that they began to weep. When they heard what God had expected and required of them and who they were supposed to be in God, and they had they had been living with low self-esteem and not living up to what God had said who they was. They were the head and not the tail. They was above and not beneath. And here they was living below the means that God had, had meant for them to be. And they began to weep. And that's what's happening with some of us, right? We're living below our means. And I'm not talking about uh, houses or cars or money. I'm talking about our spiritual means. God called us with a higher calling to go out, to tell men, women, boys and girls, about the salvation story of Jesus Christ. But how can we when we're on vacation? So I ask you, before we go into our study, remember that family tonight. Pray for them. I know that mother and that family is hurting. A big empty spot in their hearts tonight. Bible say mourn with them that mourn and rejoice with those that rejoice. Our lesson on tonight is going to be coming from Second Samuel chapter 18. What a tragic, what a sad loss. 17-year-old and a 14-year-old gone. That's why we can't we can't walk away from the faith. When you walk away from the protection, and I'm not saying that these people, this family walked away from the faith. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that that we need to stay in there. Because the minute we walk away, we get weak in faith. That's when the devil steps in and runs havoc in our lives. He just waits for his opportunity. You remember the story in Job. The Bible said that God was having a, a, a church meeting with the sons of God. Satan shows up. God asks him a question. Say, where have I been this day? He said, oh, just going to and fro, up and down in the earth, seeking whom I may devour. Trying to see who's off their post, who's off their job, who's not praying, who, who's not praying and worshiping and giving thanks and glory and honor to God. You know, that's the thing that Job had, had accused God of. Job is only blessed and serving you because of all the blessings, all the things that he had. And God said, no, he's, he's serving because he loved me. Second Samuel chapter 18. I'll be reading to you here from the King James Version. Therefore, if you have a Gideon, NIV, or some other type of Bible other than the King James, some of your verses of Scripture may read differently than mine. And I pray that we get an understanding from what we do read. Solomon says, wisdom is the principal part, therefore get wisdom. He said, but in all that getting, get an understanding.
Let us begin reading. Second Samuel chapter 18, verse 1. And David numbered the people that were with him, and set captains of thousands and captains of hundreds over them. David sent forth the third part of the people under the hand of Joab, and the third part under the hand of Abishai, the son of Zerua, Joab's brother, and the third part under the hand of Atai the Gathite. And the king said unto the people, I will surely go forth with you myself also. But the people answered, Thou shalt not go forth. For if we flee away, they will not care for us, neither if half of us die, will they care for us. And now thou art worth ten thousand of us. Therefore now it is better that thou secure us out of the city. And the king said unto them, What seemeth you best I will do? And the king stood by the gate side, and all the people came out by hundreds and by thousands. And the king commanded Joab and Abishai and Atai, saying, Deal gently for my sake with the young man, even with Absalom. And all the people heard when the king gave all the captains charge concerning Absalom. So the people went out into the field against Israel, and the battle was in the wood of Ephraim, where the people of Israel were slain before the servants of David. There was there a great slaughter that day of 20,000 men. For the battle was there scattered over the face of all the country. And the wood devoured more people that day than the sword devoured. And Absalom met the servants of David. And Absalom rode upon a mule. And the mule went under the thick boles of a great oak. And his head caught hold of the oak. And he was taken up between the heaven and the earth. And the mule that was under him went away. And a certain man saw it and told Joab and said, Behold, I saw Absalom hanged in an oak. Joab said unto the man that told him, And behold, I saw it him. And why did thou not smite him there to the ground? And I would have given thee ten, ten shekels of silver and a girdle. And the man said unto Joab, Though I should receive a thousand shekels of silver in my, own, in my hand, Yet would I not put forth my hand against the king's son. For in our hearing, the king charged thee, and Abishai, and Atai, saying, Beware that none touch the young man Absalom. Otherwise, I should have wrought falsehood against my own life. But there is no matter hid from the king, and thou thyself would have set that against me. Then said Joab, I may not carry thus with thee. And he took three darts in his hand and thrust him through the heart and thrust them, them through the heart of Absalom while he was yet alive in the midst of the oak. And ten young men that bare Joab's armor compassed about and smote Absalom and slew him. And Joab blew the trumpet and the people returned from pursuing after Israel but Joab held back the people. And they took Absalom and cast him into a great pit in the woods and laid a very great heap of stones upon him. And all Israel fled, everyone to his tent. Now Absalom in his life had taken the rear and reared up for himself a pillar, which is in the king's dale. For he said, I have no son to keep my name in remembrance. And he called the pillar after his own name. And it is called unto this day Absalom's place. Then said Ahimeaz, the son of Zerah, Let me now run and bear the king's tidings, now that the Lord had avenged him of his enemies. And Joab said unto him, 
Thou shalt not bear tidings this day, but thou shalt bear tidings another day. But this day thou shalt bear no tidings, because the king's son is dead. <coughs> then said Joab to Cushai, Go tell the king what thou hast seen. Cushai bowed himself unto Joab and reigned. Then said Hamas, the son of Zodok, yet again to Joab, But howsoever, let me, I pray thee, also run after Cushai. And Joab said, Wherefore wilt thou run, my son, seeing that thou hast no tidings ready? But howsoever, said he, let me run. And he said unto him, Run. Then Hermas ran by the way of the plain and overran Cushai. That boy fast. And David sat between the two gates, and the watchman went up to the roof over the gate unto the wall, and lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, a man running alone. And the watchman cried and told the king. And the king said, If he be alone, there is tidings in his mouth. And he came apace and drew near. And the watchman saw another man running. And the watchman called unto the watchman called unto the porter and said, Behold, another man running alone. And the king said, He also bring tidings. And the watchman said, me thinketh the running of the foremost is the running of Hermes, the son of Zadok. And the king said, He is a good man, and cometh with good tidings. And Hermes called and said unto the king, All is well. And he fell down to the earth upon his face before the king, and said, Let's be the Lord thy God, which had delivered up the man that, that lifted up the hand against my lord the king. And the king said, Is the young man Absalom's sake? Uh, and Hamas answered, when jo And Hamas answered, When Joab sent the king's servant, me, that servant, I saw a great tumult, but I knew not what it was. And the king said unto him, Turn aside and stand there. And he turned aside and stood still. And Hamas, and behold, Cushai came. And Cushai said, Tidings, my lord the king. For the Lord had avenged thee this day of all them that rose up, uh, rose up against thee. And the king said unto Cushai, Is the young man Absalom safe? And Cushai answered, The enemies of my lord the king, and all that rise up against thee to do thee hurt, be as that young man is. And the king was much moved, and went up to the chamber over the gate, and wept. And as he wept, thus he said, O my son Absalom, my son, my son Absalom, with God I had died for thee, O Absalom, my son, my son. Second, me, Second Samuel, chapter eighteen, verses one to verse thirty-three. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading here and do of His holy word. Amen. As we uh, spoke concerning the children that was killed today on the school bus. Grief and death. Come on. That's all that's happening in our society today. Every time you hear about news, there's always bad news, bad tidings. But the Lord told us to bring what? Good tidings. That's our job, to bring good tidings of great joy. That today in the city of David, a Savior is born. This is the tidings that we, as the church, supposed to be bringing. But the devil is sending his tidings out about death, 
destruction, and turmoil. This is what's happening in this chapter here. There's nothing, there's no good news here. Brother against brother. Father against son. And it's happening in our church. It's happening in our home. Do you realize the very first thing the devil attacked in the book of Genesis was family? Because if he can get the family at the house, he can kill the family at the church. Because every church is made up of family. Family in, 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 in the community. The community, the, the family make up the community and the community make up the church. And, and when you go to the church, why do you think they call it a church family? Because it's families that make up the church. We are the church. And from the time that 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 Satan was cunning and sly and slick and showed up as a serpent in the in the garden and deceived Eve, what did he do? He tore that family apart. Where they where they was accusing and pointing the finger one at another. When God asked what they did, she said what did what did Adam say? Lord, the woman you gave me. And what did the woman say? Lord, it, it was the serpent's fault. Nobody's taking responsibility. And here we find in it, look, just like just like my wife is saying about all of those different spirits. And unless we as a people realize that we are under attack by spirits, Paul said, we don't fight. We are not fighting against flesh and blood. But we are fighting against spiritual wickedness, against principalities and rulers of darkness in high places. But the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And that's what's happening in our houses, our churches, and that stronghold. What is the stronghold? Those spirits. Satan have have released have released his 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 angels that fell with him. You know when Satan fell from heaven, the Bible said a third of the angels fell with him, and he had placed his his angels of death and destruction in certain parts of our country, our homes, our nation, to to, to wreak havoc and destruction. And those spirits is real, and everywhere you look, you hear a lot about crime in certain areas. Why? Because that spirit is there. That spirit of death, destruction, murder, rape, homosexuality, lesbian, it's right there. Why you don't hear about it in, in other places as much? Because the spirits haven't been released there. And unless we get down to business, get back to the word of God, get back to praying and fasting and, and, and seeking God, and turn from our wicked ways, that spirit, when it gets finished with one area, you might be next. And this chapter is letting us see how a family can be torn apart. The son can raise his hand against his own father. Jesus said that. He said, your children shall kick up their heels against you. 
And when we don't take control of our houses and teach our children godly things, then the devil will teach them worldly things. And then before you know it, somebody knocking at your door giving you bad news about your child. Or you're getting a phone call from the jailhouse. Absalom rose up against his father, ran him out of his out of the palace, took the kingdom from him. David leaves, not because he couldn't fight or didn't want to fight. But he leaves because he don't want innocent lives to be lost inside the city of Jerusalem, the holy city of God, the city of David, where the Ark of the Covenant rested. And so what David does, he takes the low road. He leaves the city because he knew that Absalom had won the hearts of the people to come out against him. And so before he sees the city, the temple and all destroyed because of what Absalom had in his heart against his father, he leaves. But you know something, saying? All of that could have been avoided if David would have took action when Amnon, his son, raped his own sister. See, when we don't take action against our children, we're looking for, for bigger and worse things to come. We're looking for bigger and worse things to come. He sinned against God. Look, you can't you can't do wrong and don't think that it's going that it's not gonna get back. Now we don't read it in the scripture, but if you just think with your sanctified imagination that the stuff that he did got to those children what their father had did before they before they was born, and so what happened? That spirit was passed on to his children. And this boy Amnon got enough lust in him to want his own sister, and he raped her. And when David didn't take actions against it, it caused Absalom, the brother, to take action. And guess what? He held it against his father. And you find a lot of children is holding things against their parents because they didn't take actions about certain things that went on. You don't have to say, man. You, I ain't, I ain't got to get no help in here, but 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 you know, and I know, this is where we live at. The Bible says the word of God is spirit, and it is life. Now, if we ain't not gonna talk concerning the scripture about life, about where we live at, we wasting our time, baby. We wasting our time. God is just trying to get our attention and show us where we are at for that. And until we take responsibility of our own actions. And stop pointing the finger at this one, that one, and the other one. All of our houses going to be upside down and all chaotic. So now Absalom take action. He holds this against David with the hearts of the people. And once he got enough people and 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 the military council who was up here to fell on his side, he came out against David. David leaves. Now they're about to go out to the battlefield to fight. The son is going out to fight his own father. The children of Israel is going out to fight against their king. And that's what the church is doing, fighting against one another. That's the church out there. Man, we give a we give a, a, a black eye to God 
We give a black eye to the kingdom of God. We fight among ourselves and against ourselves. Paul said if we fight and devour one another, we be consumed. We have to be be careful that we not be consumed one of another. And every time you, we raise up our mouths in, in uh, anger or harsh words against one another, we devour one another. We're killing, one another. We're killing the church reputation. We're killing God's reputation. Letting God down. Letting God down every, at every time. And we're giving the sinner an opportunity to have an excuse not to come to God. David, who is a is a strategist, he's he's very strategic in warfare. Been fighting since he was a teenager. When he went out and fought Goliath, had been fighting ever since. So warfare was nothing strange to him. It wasn't nothing new. What did he do? He takes and divides his men up in three parts. Take people that he knew that was a uh, 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 people that was competent. And that's another problem I have with the church. People putting, the pastor putting people in certain roles in the church because they know them or they like them or they, they can to them. Whether they're competent enough to run that, 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 that auxiliary and make it, and make it a, 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 a prosper, doesn't matter. As long as you're putting somebody there that like him and he like them. That's nothing but a cult. This man takes people as competent of war, in warfare and, and, and divides them up in three parts. And they position themselves in the woods where they would have the advantage. Although Absalom had the most men, David had the advantage. And then he had God fighting for him. If you don't believe that he, God was fighting for it, look what the Bible says. The Bible said that the woods devoured more men than the sword did. The Bible said that if we hold our peace, the Lord will fight our battles. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord of hosts. I will repay. I will repay. Every man according to whatever his worth, he said, I'm going to pay them all. When we raise up our hand and we start talking or cursing back, then it don't make us no better than the person who initiated it. We become a part of the problem. We either a part of the problem or a part of the solution. And when we react like the world acts, or even if it's somebody who said that they say and they curse you out or saying things about you in the church or in the community or whatever, and you react to it, it makes us no better. It makes us no better because two wrongs don't make a right. The Bible says that the woods devoured more people than the sword did. Now, check this out. The Bible says 20,000 men lost their lives on that day. 20,000 innocent men. 20,000 households without a father without a provider, without a father, without an uncle or a nephew. I want to do that sound familiar to you. 
with all of our black young men dying in the street and the rest of them going to penitentiary for it. 10,000 men all in one day. They were scattered over all the face of the country. Scattered. And the Bible says the wood devoured more people that day than the swole did. Verse 9 says, Absalom met the servant of David, and Absalom rode upon a mule, and the mule went under the thick boles of a great oak, and his head caught hold of the oak, and he was taken up between the heaven and the earth, and the mule that that was under him went away. <laughs> the mule kept going. He caught in the thicket. He caught in the thicket. The same thing that he had praised, the same thing he made out of his glory, is the same thing that got him killed, his hell. You know what the Bible said about, about Absalom? This boy here, he was stuck on himself. Look what the Bible said. The Bible said that, 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 that there was no blemish found in Absalom. There was no blemish found in him. He was high above a shoulder above all the other men of Israel. He was good-looking. He was fair to look upon. He was a good-looking boy. Had long locks of curly hair. And he folded, cut it, he trimmed it only once a year. You know how, how some women do? They, they, what they call dead ends or whatever. He was cutting the dead ends. He wanted to keep it looking good. Split ends or whatever you call them in. Yeah, he wanted to he wanted to keep it looking good. There was no blemish. The Bible said there was no blemish found in him. From the crown of his head to the sole of his foot. He was a hunk. He was a God gift to women. But he was nothing meant for God. Ain't that something? We try to make ourselves God gift for women and God gift for men, and we ain't no no, nothing for God. We stuck on ourselves. We look more in the mirror at ourselves, mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the fairest of them all, and we fool our own self. Regardless of what you look like today, baby, it ain't going to stay that way. It ain't going to stay that way. You might be a, you might be a coke bottle today, but, baby, too soon or later, you're going to become a two or three leader. The mule that he trusted to help him to get away left him hanging in the oaks. And the mule, the Bible says, went away. The mule kept running for his life and left him hanging in the oak. That ought to sound familiar to us, too, how people leave us hanging. People who say that they're going to be there for you. Call me if you need me. You know me and you are right. But they leave you what? Hanging. They leave you hanging at the time that you need them the most. You've been walked away from God and put your trust in people because they're telling you, I'm going to be right there. I'm, 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 I'm down with you. And when it comes down to the nitty-gritty, they leave you just like this boy here hanging in the street. They leave you hanging. 
they leave you hanging. Man, I thought you said you were going. Man, something came up. But with God, he said, I would never leave you. Nor will I forsake you. I'll be with you always. How is it that we leave God for people? And people walk out on us every time. That's how our our heart gets so broken. And I can understand why Paul said, look, we need to guard against our heart and mind in Christ Jesus. We got to guard these things. Put a shield. Put a guard up. Don't put your trust in man, but put your confidence in God. And we trust people before we trust God. We don't have faith in God. We got faith in people. And people have hurt us and let us down and left us hanging at every turn. And we'll walk away from God. We won't show up for Bible study. Don't show up for Sunday school or for church because we got something to do with people. We got something to do with people. And here God has something for us to do because the Bible says he has called us what a holy, what a holy calling and a high calling. But we walk away from that because that's spiritual. Paul said, don't, don't hold on to the thing that's temporal. He said, but hold on to those things that are eternal. We jump and we hold on and run after things that's only temporal. I don't care how. Look, Bill Gates got billions, but guess what? Bill Gates going to die one day, and all those billions going to still be left there. And the day of tomorrow, Christ come back, those billions going to be burnt up. All the big fancy cars and houses and stuff that Bill Gates and all the rest of them got, that's going to be burnt up too. So what, what, good, what good is it that's for running after worldly tragedies if it can't save us at the end? That's right. That's right. That's right, sister. What good is it for a man to, to run after the whole world and gain all these things and then die and lose his soul. Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? What is worth more than your soul? What is worth more than eternal life? And you know something? Because we haven't saw eternal life, we think that it's just a myth. So so we go to this thing that they call church. We do this church stuff, hoping that, that this that is going to work. But we never saw eternal life. We never saw God, never saw Christ. We never saw these things. And so we don't we don't we don't put our eggs in that basket. But we take our eggs and put it in a basket that man carry around. And and, and I remember my grandmother, the most folks used to say, Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Because if that basket falls, all your eggs gonna be broken. Look what verse ten says. Verse ten says, And a certain man saw it and and told Joab. And said, Behold, I saw Absalom hanged in an oak. He saw this. He saw this, but he couldn't believe what he was seeing. That's the king's son hanging in the oak? You know, sometimes we see things, and sometimes we can't believe what we are seeing. He saw this. Now, what the, what the initiative was to kill Absalom, what they say, you cut the head off, the body, going to fall. That's why the devil comes after the head of the house. That's why a lot of a lot of houses 
is, is dysfunctional. Why? Because the head is gone. You see, you hear people say on, on, on some of these, these, these uh, programs like Skate Street and, and, and different types of programs where my father wasn't around. They ain't saying nothing about the mama wasn't there. My father wasn't around. The head is missing out the house. And sometimes the head be there. And he's as dysfunctional as the children. Because he just did. He might bring the paycheck home to take care of the bills of the house, but he's not active in the family. He's doing his own thing. He's doing his own thing. And as soon as something happens with the children, he won't put up a fuss. He won't take off a belt. He won't punish him. He won't do all of these things. But baby, if we take our rightful place in the home and in the church, we it's a possibility. It's a strong possibility that we can save our children from a lot of things. But, you know, we say, oh, they're young. You know, let them have their fun. But look what fun, what will happen when fun comes. Your daughter, she's scared to talk to you because she's pregnant. Your children is, is, is lying in the street and somebody calling you on the phone that somebody just shot your son down in the street. Or your son just shot somebody and he's on his way to pay attention for the rest of his life. My wife and I, we used to go to the jailhouse, and we used to see old people coming there with canes and walkers, coming to see their children or grandchildren, locked up in penitentiary for life. You can save your house, sister. Brother, you can save your house. We as men got to take our place. We, we want to say that we men, I'm the man of this house, but if you're the man of the house, Take your rightful place and do what you need to do and raise your children. Teach them. Older women, teach the younger women. The Bible says old women are supposed to teach the younger men, younger women, and old men was for counsel. Young men for what? Old men are for counsel. Old men should be to lift something. But you hear some people say, ain't nothing like an old fool. Ain't no fool like an old fool. You got some people just because they're old don't mean that they can counsel or give great, or, or have good wisdom because there was a fool when they was young and they're still a fool now that they got old. Still trying to be young. I be seeing some, some of these guys gray-headed, bent all over, still, still got, got a, a rag, a do-rag and all of this stuff on their head. Man, come on. Running, running around with a do-ray or one of these uh, uh, bandanas on their head. Lord, help us. A certain man saw it and told Joab and said, Behold, I saw Absalom hanged in an oak. And Joab said unto the man that told him, And, be, and behold, thou saw him? Why did I not smite him there to the ground? And I would have given thee ten shekels of silver and a girdle. Now, he's saying this is the reward you the God if you that took care of business. You saw this. Our objective was to kill Absalom. You cut the head off, the body going to fall. That's why they told David, don't come out to the battle with us. Because, look, if we run, they don't care. If we all get killed out there, they still wouldn't care. But you, you were 10,000 of us. This is what God is trying to tell the church, how much we are worth to the world. You have a whole lot of worth and value 
because you can't around a great message that you haven't been telling nobody. In the city of David, today a Savior is born. You carrying around a, a good tidings. You got good tidings up in you, and you holding it all to yourself. The songwriter say, "Go and tell it on the mountain, over the hills, and everywhere." But what we doing? We clapping and we jumping in our church, and after we leave church, after we leave out the sanctuary, we ain't telling nobody nothing. If anything, we cursing somebody out. If anything, we cursing somebody coming right out the church, or either gossiping about somebody who was at the church. Girl, don't you know she had that on last Sunday? We ain't saying we glad we saw her at church, even though she still have on the same thing she had on last Sunday. Girl, she had that same stuff on last Sunday. We use the church as as a, a, a modeling agency. You have said unto the man that told him, and behold, I saw him. Do you realize what our objective was when we went to walk? Why did you not smite him to the ground? I would have given you ten shekels of silver and a girdle. The man answered and said to Joab, Do I should receive ten thousand? Do I should receive a thousand shekels? Not just ten shekels, but, but a thousand shekels of silver in my hand. Yet would I not put forth my hand against the king, son? But now we're hearing the king charged thee, and Abishai, Abishai saying, Beware that none touched the young man, Absalom. Now, this was, the, this was more or less the commandment, the, the, the request that came from our king. When you go to battle, regardless of how many other people you kill, for my sake, deal gently with Absalom. You can capture him. You can beat him. You can put him under or you can do whatever you want, but, but be gentle. Gentle mean not to kill him. You might you might wound him. You might uh, chastise him, but deal gently with him. Don't kill him. See, now this is the this is the commandment that we got from the king. Now when they talk about the king, talking about David as the king. Now what our king, King Jesus, what he said: Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as you love yourself. Now, he, he, our king gives us certain commandments to the Father. And this is what he said, for my sake, for the sake of the kingdom, for the sake of God, for my sake, for me dying on the cross for you, for my sake, If they smite you on one cheek, on the other cheek. If they take your cloak, he said, give them your coat also. He said, for such is the kingdom of heaven. The man said unto Joab, though I should receive a thousand. So you're talking about giving me ten shekels. Man, you can give me a thousand shekels of silver. Yet I would not put forth my hand against the king's son. So why do we put our hand against the king's son? 
When we raise up our hand up against one another, we put our hand against the king's son. Because we sons and daughters of God's kingdom. He said, come out from among them and be you separated, said the Lord of hosts. He said, and he said you would be my sons and daughters. He said, I'll be your heavenly father. So that makes us sons and daughters of God's kingdom. So when we come out against one another, we're coming out against who? The king's son. We're coming out against him. As much as you have done to the least of mine, you have also done it unto me. I would not put forth my hand against the king's son. Look what he says. For in our hearing. Now, now that's saying something. How in the world could we all be in church? I hear one thing and you hear something else. He said, for in our hearing. Now, I heard him say the same thing to you that he said to Akai, Abishai. I heard him say this. He said, for in our hearing. Huh. Beware that none touch the young man after all. Now, this is what the king said. How can you say you love the king, you honor the king, but yet don't be what he said? Mm-hmm. Now, you think I'm talking about King David? I'm talking about King Jesus right now. How can we say, Lord, I love you? Lord, I praise you. Lord, I bless you, but yet not do what he said. He said, how can you call me Lord, Lord, and yet not do what I say, yet not keep my commandments? Don't you give me a thousand shekels of silver in my hand, yet would I not put forth my hand against the king's son? But in our hearing, the king charged thee. And Abishai, now this was before they went out to battle, when he, when he divided them up in three parts. He gave the same commandment to all three of them who was going to head the, 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 uh, the battle against Absalom. He told it to Abishai, Atai, and, 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 uh, and the other one. And these people who were there to, 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 to be... Uh, up under the, 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 the leadership, they heard the same thing that, that David had told them. They heard the same thing. And so he's reminded, say, look, we all heard what David said. So why would you want me to kill Absalom? And in our hearing, we heard the king say, beware that none of us touch the young man Absalom. He said, otherwise, I should have, I, I, I would, I should have wrought falsehood against my own life. In other words, he said, my life wouldn't have meant a quarter. I'd have got the money, but his money wasn't going to do me no good. But there is no matter hid from the king. And thou thyself would have set thyself against me. If I came and told you I killed Absalom, and, and we didn't receive this order from David that we should not kill Absalom, but deal gently with this man. And I come bring you this news, you'd have smote me yourself. You'd have killed me. The money wasn't going to do me no good. 
What shall it profit you? To get all of this and then die and lose your soul. Jesus gave an illustration concerning a, 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 a fool who didn't have no consideration for his fellow man at all. And the Bible said that that his crops and his and his cow, you know, he he it, it had grew substantially to the point that he tore down his smaller bone and built a bigger bone. He said, I'm going to put all of this stuff in my bone and take my ease. The Bible said the very same night when he said that, God came back and said, Thy fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. So when we do all of these things to get money, trample over one another, undermine one another, do all of these things for power, for money, power, and position, what good is it going to do you when you got to stand before God? So that's what we're going at when we leave from here. It's appointed once for man to die, but after this comes the judgment. Now, all of that you've been accumulated in this life, what good is it going to do you, all that power, money, prestige, fame, and fortune, what is it going to do you when you stand before God? And this is what this man is saying. Say, look, you can give me ten, a, a thousand shekels. You're talking about ten shekels. You could have gave me a thousand. It wasn't going to do me no good because if I raised my hand against the king's stuff, I wouldn't have had to wait for it to get to the king because nothing hid from him. He'd have told you to kill me. You'd have raised your hand up against me. Verse 14 said, Then said Joab, I may not tarry thus with thee. Look, he don't want to hear it now. I ain't going to tarry here with you. I ain't going to sit here and listen to what you got to say. That's somehow when the truth comes to us. But people say it, what thus says the Lord. We don't want to hear that. We don't want to hear the truth. We don't want to hear the truth. We want people, we'd rather people to lie to us, play with our emotions and all of this kind of carrying on, make us feel like we're doing what's right. Man, I'm at church. I pay my tithes, but you ain't living nothing. You want people to pat you on your back in your sin and tell you you are right when you know yourself you're wrong. We ought to appreciate people, pastors, who tell us about our wrong because God can't bless sin. That stuff that you accumulate, do you realize the devil can give you stuff? When Jesus came up out of the Jordan River to be, when he was baptized by John the Baptist, the Bible said the Spirit of God led him into the wilderness to be tempted. One of the temptations that Satan brought to him, the Bible said he brought him up on a high pinnacle and showed him all the riches of this world. He said, all of these things I'll give to you if thou bow down and worship me. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Now, if the devil is the one who's giving you what you have, you ought to know whether God is doing it or the devil. You ought to know how you serve God. Then that means you're already on his side. And he's putting all that stuff in your hand just to keep you quiet. Just to make you think you're all right. Until the day comes, Death come knocking at your door. And Jesus said, depart from me, for I know you not. For you are a work of iniquity. But Lord, they're not, they're not bless your name. They're not singing the choir for you. They're not preach for you. They're not go out and witness. Did I do these things? 
He said, you're a work of iniquity. Otherwise, I should have wrought falsehood against my own life. To do something contrary to the will of, of the king? Take his son's life? You talking about giving me money? That This money ain't going to do me no good. After Judas received the 30 pieces of silver, what good did it do him? That's all money is doing. It's killing us. But there is no matter hid from the king. And thou thyself would have set thyself against me. You would have came out against me. Then said your ass, I may not carry thus with thee. I, in other words, now that the truth can hit him in the face, it made him feel bad. And you know, there's people, I don't know about you, but I just felt bad. When people tell you about something that you already know, you know it's wrong. And sometimes it just takes a person to make you confront it. And you feel bad when you have to confront it when somebody tells you. When they tell you, man, now you know that ain't right. You feel bad. So 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 now Joab is confronted with the truth, but he don't want to hear it. He said, Man, I can't tarry here with you. I'm not gonna tarry here with you. And he took three darts in his hand and thrust them through the heart of Absalom while he was yet alive in the midst of the oak. Now, what he did here, he's justifying what he's saying. Man, no matter what the day what 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 day is it today, man. Look, this dude's, you know, he's worthy of death. And if you don't want to do it, I'm gonna do it myself. And so sometimes we do things to justify some things we didn't say it because we don't want to face the truth. And then the first thing you say, Oh man, you ain't nothing but a coward, you scared. Get get I do it, I do it. Get on away from me, get get from around me. You you coward, this, that and the other. People want to justify the wrong that they do. And so what they do, they do it and try and make you feel feel bad towards yourself. Put you try and put you on a guilt trip. I hope that's something we we talked about tonight. I I pray that it really helps somebody that we was able to see ourselves and see how cunning Satan really is. He's very cunning. And when you're able to see the enemy for who he is, then you know how to fight back. But how can you fight an enemy that you know nothing about? Do you Look, let's look at it in the natural. Whenever America, whatever country was, going to war, you know what they did? Why do you think they go to training camp? Why do you think that, that, that they go, go to boot camp? They go to boot camp, and they have all kind of different terrains and stuff that they're going to be that, that's preparing them to go to wherever they, whatever country they're going to fight in. Before they went to Desert Storm, they took them out in the desert. So, how in the world could you be equipped to go fight a war that you don't even know what know anything about your enemies? So I pray that something we say on tonight might have opened up your eyes of understanding and may have helped somebody. Hopefully, that's, 
it, it has because that that is my my purpose. This is God's purpose inside of each man or woman that teach or preach the word of God, that people would get an understanding of what God is saying concerning I will walk with him in this 21st century. Because David and Absalom, all of those people are dead now. They came before. The Bible said all things were written aforetime for our learning, that we through the comfort of the scripture that we might have hope. So I pray that something tonight that gave us some some, some renewed hope. So if, the, if, if, if God is willing and, and he don't come back to the church by next Tuesday, we write back in this lesson where we left off in verse 14, 2 Samuel chapter 18. Uh, I do pray that, that, that somebody was blessed by the word on tonight. We are the New Way of Life Ministries, come down to Herman 11. We located 32822 State Highway 249 in Pinehurst, Texas. Our zip is 77362. Our email address is nwoflife2002 at yahoo.com. Can hear from me? Drop a line. Drop us a line. Let us know, amen, that something we say, something we're doing, amen, is enhancing your growth and your understanding in the word of God. Uh, continue to keep us in your prayer. And once again, pray for, this, for those families that lost their loved ones on, on, on today. Uh, may God bless you. May God keep you. On next week or during the week, Tell a family member, tell a friend, tell a worker or uh, uh, somebody concerning this Bible study that we be having on Tuesday night. I know a lot of churches and a lot of places they have their Bible studies on Wednesday, but we have ours on Tuesday, so they give you a double dose of the word each week. If you listen at us on Tuesday, then go to your Bible study on Wednesday. Amen. Hopefully that the word, amen, is is uh, being refreshed uh, or being renewed inside of you, and, and the word is coming the life in your life, and that what the pastor, your pastor, is saying, you're hearing the same thing out of his mouth concerning the word of God that you're hearing coming out of our Tuesday night Bible study. So pray for us. May God bless you. May God keep you. This is our prayer. Good night, saints.